Baron a Dyke It's because of their love Thank you for listening to This Is Why I'm Gay this week. We are excited to bring you episode three, but I just wanted to preface this episode by letting you know that the audio has been jacked up. And guess who did it? It was me. Yes, I ruined the whole episode. But we're still going to listen to it because the content is what? Sickening. Well, Kelly, we're here. This is why I'm gay. That's why I'm gay. The show where we talk about why we're fucking gay. Yes. The reasons behind our queerness, the joys behind our obsessions, the... The origin of homosexuality at its root. Your history, darling. What? Right here, your history? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> your history? And this is why I'm gay. Okay, listen. This week is really funny. Yeah. We did it already. Yeah, like, let's just get into it because... We, I just... I can't stop thinking about it. We just were having a whole moment before we started. Yeah. We have, for the first time and probably not the last at all, made each other obsessed with the same thing inadvertently mm-hmm. from one person's obsession. Yeah. So. We both have the same obsession <laughs> this week. It's important for yeah. everyone to listen in carefully about this beautiful woman we discovered. You discovered her. Let's start yeah. from the beginning. Let's, let's get into it. So Maureen McGovern's 1988 album, State of the Heart. For some background, I found this album at CHKD thrift store. I went there and I found. So I have never has good shit. (laughs) Exactly, it doesn't. So I went there and I always do this thing where I will pick up a random vinyl whenever I go somewhere, entirely based off of the cover. You do it every time. I try to do it every time. Oh, I Um, love that. Just one. Yeah. So I've had some hits and I've had some misses. The first time I did it, I picked up Lynn Anderson's album because she had this really crazy bouffant on the cover. And I love the album. It's so good. A bunch of country hits. And then I picked up one fully not realizing it was a gospel album until I got home and read it. And I was like, Songs of Faith. Damn it! So I picked up that album, mostly because she has really long flowing curly hair on the front and she looks like Is someone from- Is it black from, and white? Yeah. It's, it's oh. very like Victorian. It's very like- Almost vampirish? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. A Bram Stoker, like, jacket on, but <laughs> yeah. it's actually, when you look closer, like, a nightgown. Because a lot of these songs in this album, nighttime realizations, sexy. like, sexy alone at night love ballads yeah, and it's... upbeat jams. Yeah, so I was like, who is this woman? Why have I never heard of her? Right. The thing that I found is she did The Morning After, which is, like, a song that's just kind of common knowledge. And I didn't know that it was used for the theme song of Poseidon Adventure, that movie from, I think it was the 80s or the 70s. I Deep cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I had to figure it out because I know I've seen Poseidon Adventure and I hate it because I hate disaster movies, but my mom loves them. Of so I she... always was subjected to them. Shout out to Miss Murray, first of all. First yeah. mentioner. First mention of her on the pod. And I just want to say thank you for her because. Yeah, she's, she's... a blessing. She watches Twister, like, once every two weeks. Oh, my God. 
God, I've been wanting Angel to watch that. She's like, I love twisters. I want to watch things get thrown around. I'm like, watch yeah. the movie. My mom's like lifelong dream. She's like, I want to be a storm chaser. And like she says it all the time whenever we watch, she's like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could just chase a twister. It's a twister. <laughs> There's something about that that's so strange to me because it's like, that's so dangerous. I don't even want to go on roller coaster rides because of the fake danger you're put in. Right, that's fake danger. This is a twister that is not, there's no map to it. It's no, a twister. No, that shit could come right for you. Why do they like it? I don't get it. Yeah, I I'm, I have no desire for that. I love that she loves it because it's very charming and sweet, an excellent story, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to Kansas. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to Tornado Alley. Bye. <laughs> for fun. For yeah, shits. No, no, but... Thanks. Back to Maureen. Back to Maureen. Poseidon Adventure, disaster movie. That became a single. She's had some stints on Broadway, but like this album specifically is this excellent combination of 1980s pseudo pop that's kind of sexy, but also this grandiose musical theater infused like... Rich orchestration. Yes. A story with every melody. (laughs) I feel taken... To another land. Like, I really think this whole album could be a musical. In a bedroom. (laughs) Completely over the top, like, 80s frills everywhere. I want glitter. Like, I want a beautiful painted... Yeah. Like, night sky. So when are we writing this? (laughs) Why are we... Right? You gotta write this down. (laughs) At least recording it. Like, we gotta... This is a million... Trademark. No one take this. Maureen McGovern, first of all, where are you? And if you're listening... Hey, girl. Thank you. (laughs) You For this gift. Yeah. (laughs) In between her album, or in between her Faith album, she's like, let me listen to this gay podcast. Right, these two idiots. <laughs> so, do you want to do, like, a play-by-play of each track? Because, like, this is a mutually shared thing. You and I both gushed about this album before starting this. I want to share it. <laughs> I came to you today saying, Kelly, I'm sorry, but it already happened. And he was like, what? I'm like, I, do you want to know what my favorite obsession is? It's Miss Maureen. He was like, no, th- let's go. I am... I don't care. Yeah. Play by play. All right. Just right from the jump, the same moon. <laughs> oh my God. Such a wonderful start. From the first notes, it's taking you on a journey. It's really quiet in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. it's like, dun, 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 dun. like subtle little piano notes. Yes. And everything builds into this beautiful burst of energy. Like, <laughs> First of all, her voice. It's this is what I've disco- I've discovered it's a combination of like Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. You know that Barbara? Babs. Babs. <laughs> Babs. The woman that plays Ariel's voice on a Little Mermaid. Oh god, What's I her know name? her name. I know her name. I know her name. It's like Jody Henson. Jody Henson. I was like it's something 80s. <laughs> exactly. Jody Henson. I don't know, just some nameless 80s ballad singer that you hear in the store like it's got that slight cheese to it like it's got yeah. it's camp it really is a form of camp it's like this innocence but it's so dramatic and silly it's overly dramatic oh, and yeah. i think that's why we were both just like oh my god <laughs> it's like she's singing to her diary or something i can see the construction of a music video in this and it's all hand painted set pieces exactly. with like a sun and a moon I've already said it's it's gonna be a musical now. Yeah. (laughs) The same moon is excellent, and the thing that I get out of it, it, timestamp it at 320, that is the spot where she takes the chorus 
and kicks it up a notch. And I was just like, she really does. She's really trying to tell me something here. We are closer than you think because our love connects us. We're on the (laughs) same moon. And the same sun lights your way. That's what, that's what it is. Come on, lyricism. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's somewhere else, but guess what? We're all sharing the same thoughts, the same love. Is yeah. anywhere you go. This sounds kind of preachery. <laughs> just to just know that the love of God is with you at all times. And Jesus Christ will save us in the end. <laughs> I don't. Why is that the like the ubiquitous preacher voice? The southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> because you can fill in the blanks there. We already know why. Who's down south? Old white people. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was listening to this for the first time, I was putting together a shoe rack. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I want to put it on in the background. The same moon, I listened to it, and I was like, this is fine. This is what it is. Because uh, you didn't know the whole story. Yet. Yep, yep. And then we got to why can't I forget? Oh, and God. immediately I was like, this sounds like a song from a Disney musical. It's- There's a whole story. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole. First of all, I relate to it because she's talking about how she can't remember where anything is or what's happening the but day of the week. she can remember the love that she shared with this man. What a great allegory. Are you kidding? <laughs> she says, where did I leave my purse? Uh, it is, I have the world's worst memory. Many times a day, I say, where did I leave my key? Where? Where have I put my purse? Where else should I be? It's perverse. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. A life of hide and seek. Girl, same. My ADHD said, girl, same. That was literally the next line. So good for you yeah. on <laughs> knowing exactly where we were. After all that, she says, but why can't I forget? It's it's really a hill and all of the orchestration supports that. And it's <sighs> so like stunning and dramatic. And My favorite line of the whole song, though. What is that one? Um, it's I, I literally sent it to you this morning you in did. a text. I know. <laughs> Funny said. just remembering the way we laughed at everything. I found the one that I'd been waiting for. That was the the key. That was the that was the hook that yes. got me. Yes. To like give a shit about the because rest of the, the song. way she's saying it, she's totally acting it out. <laughs> this is what I imagine. I imagine her on her bed. Yes, sitting on a bed, laying like, on her bed. Hands on her chin. Yes. Looking up and out into her window. Her feet are like flopping back and forth. It's kind of juvenile in a sense. First love, like a summer romance or something it feels like. And the way she like ebbs and flows and she pushes. Like it's just, (laughs) it's so musical. And the thing is, it's funny. Because you've always told me you don't like musicals for the most part. Yeah. And this... It's so musical. Well, you told me something. She used to be in musicals. She was in, um, at this point, she had already been in a few. I don't remember the exact ones because. Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> You're like, by the way, I know. <laughs> so let me give it to I you. I went to IBDB, <laughs> Internet Broadway Database. Okay. okay. Which is not an app yet. Anyone out there? <laughs> Please help. Please make it an app. She was in that. And I think you said another one. Look, I- Little More women, recently, right? she was in Little Women, Little and women. she, like... She was ma- Momsy? <laughs> Momsy. Marmy. <laughs> Momsy. 
<laughs> like just I'm just thinking of like the most recent iteration with Laura Dern, like her leaning and going, I'm Momsy. You can call me Momsy. <laughs> She's totally Momsy. Like, when will my husband come back from the war? <laughs> I'm Momsy. It's just me and the kids and me, Momsy. Just taking care of these, my strong little women. Oh, my strong women. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, she has this musical theater background. She's oh, got it. I want her to get out of bed in the second verse, like look in a mirror. With her Victorian nightgown on. Smell like, some flowers. Like, I feel like I could see her in Phantom of the Opera. like Oh, as Christine. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. of course. But um, we're on track three, and we've been talking about this for like 20 <laughs> minutes. So let's, let's it keep up. it moving. Keep it moving. Um, let's talk about the song that you immediately connected to. Okay. Um, I wonder what you're like. This, it was, it's literally the only part that's great. I mean, every part of this song is also great, mm-hmm. but the beginning where she goes into it, she starts slow. It's this weird jazzy. It's, it's that piano. Um, it's kind of It's a keyboard sound. Like yeah. It's, it's this certain 80s. I think setting that you could put on keyboard. Very Casio, like, like, but you know exactly what it is if you hear the song. It's so cheesy, and like, she starts off slow, kind of coming out of that first dramatic Lawrence Welk type Mm -hmm. beginning, and she's like trying to think about, you know, what's my guy like in the morning? Like, what's he doing? She says, "Dude, it slows, it slows the whole time, and then it picks up." You know when she like stops and starts. She goes, "Dum dum dum." And she goes, she arpeggios up, and I she want, gives me that whistle tone at the end. I want to hear you try it, because I know you can do it, and I just, I just need to hear it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this. Let's hear it, let's hear it. She goes, doom, 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 I wonder, I wonder, what do like in the morning? I'm like... <sighs> So cheesy and so fun and just like silly. It's it's cheesy and silly, but also like it still somehow shows off this vocal prowess that is so, really impressive. She's so talented. I will say yeah. off the bat, like every song, she's not she doesn't sound stupid. Like she's no. giving it to us. It's just because it's a little campy. Well, I wonder what you're like in the morning. Yeah, it's so fucking crazy how i'm obsessed with this random woman like how did this happen <laughs> yeah so we're, we're doing all of this right yeah and then out of nowhere we get a down tempo jazz cover of here you come again by miss dolly parton so it's not even like all of it sounds like a karaoke version of here you come again what, there's an instrument it's like the piano thing you blow into there's uh, an instrument, and that's exactly what it is, where she goes, <laughs> like actual cartoonish. Yeah. It's not great. It's not, but like, at this point, I've listened to the album so many times that I just listen to it. It's here, and I like, I need to appreciate it for what it is, even if it's not that good let's say it right now already maureen mcgovern has no skips on this album yeah no skips no skips i mean there are so like this is kind of like the lower point because right after this we get sometime soon it's still it's it's listenable it's beautiful it's yeah it's it's down tempo it's it's fine i don't have yeah sometime soon whatever just like just listen to it on the way you'll be fine again every song in the album is like part of a story so mm-hmm. if you listen to the whole thing, it makes more sense what she's doing. 
but there are some things that are like a little more, you know, down tempo. But then, then we get the titular track, <laughs> the visceral reaction everyone wants to this album, "State of the Heart." you showed me yeah state of the heart is that's the one you need to show people to bring her it's it's the most if you tell somebody this album is from 1988 you play for them state of the heart because state of the heart has the it just has all these zippy sounds in it that sound retro and of the time but not hokey yes and like it it sounds dazzling it sounds i think what they intended when it was created and i love that yes um there are so many beats in it to the point where like half the time when we listen to the song together, I'm just singing like the the different beats to it and not the actual You song. know the orchestration. It's it's got the actress again. It feels like the beginning of it. I'm like, she's giving us a show, honey. Yeah. This would definitely be in the musical, this is already the number. Like, this yes. is the one that people would remember from. Absolutely. This is her solo, like, her monologue, her soliloquy. This is definitely why the album is called State of the Heart. State of the Heart. It doesn't, exactly. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the album. Like, personally, like, I think it sounds... It's so, so much more dramatic and, I think, special. It just sounds a little bit more modern than everything else that it's put with, where mm-hmm. I was just kind of like... I mean, I'm having fun, so let's go with it. But when I think about it, uh... the next one, (laughs) the next one is Bedtime Story. When I tell you that, like, I sing this song to myself all day. You texted me randomly three mornings (laughs) and you said, I'm showering to Bedtime Stories in my head. I'm listening to, (laughs) I'm on the toilet. I'm listening to Bedtime Stories. In my in head. head. Um, getting out of bed. <laughs> right. I'm singing Bedtime Story. Oh. Um, and there's also that that aspect of, I wonder where you see her, like, vocal prowess in it. Yeah. She also does a bunch of, like, really high register stuff near the end. And it's... Your favorite run is the one that's, like, right before the end. <laughs> it's so It's yeah. so ridiculous. It's so high. The high harmonies, too. Yeah. I um, love, I love that. She's just giving you any diva, what any diva would ever give you in the history of what the gays love. I mean, it's it's everything. I guess that's my question is like, why do I, why do I get so fucking smacked by this album? But I've literally never heard of it. It's offensive because Maureen McGovern deserves better than. Are we going to single-handedly bring her back because every gay needs to know about this album? It's quintessential musical, like I said. Every person that I've talked to in the past two weeks has heard me talk about this album. Bedtime story. Bedtime story. (laughs) The ending. The ending. That was it. Oh, my God. Yeah, the the high notes. The Not harmonics. Her Her runs. Those are basically runs at the end. She's just... She's just giving us so much more than we ever expected out of a woman we've never heard of. That's the thing. I think that's what's criminal about it. That's <laughs> It's truly criminal. I don't want to downplay the validity of her career, which has spanned 
decades and like there's just levels of being known and i feel like i would yeah. have at least heard of her by now yeah I, I asked my mom i was like have you heard of her before and she's like oh the morning after and i was like okay so that must be her claim to fame in all Ugh, of this that's so disappointing this should be everyone's claim to fame uh, we really i i think my goal for the next few weeks is to just kind of go back through her discography and make sure that like this is truly the high point for me what if there's more we don't even know about? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about listening to other things, but I literally couldn't stop listening to this. Yeah. I, I would get to the final track and just start over again. It's just pleasing to the ear, too, because it's so clean and, like, beautiful. Yeah. So the next track is Night Flight. Ugh. So Night Flight started off, like, when I heard this track, I was like, yeah, it's fine. It It, it does what it needs to do. But then I came back to it probably yesterday where I was like, the orchestration in this is so good. Like, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. That's when you really love an album, too, is when you listen to it so many times that there's, like, different moments that it you grows. discover. Yes. It changes. It grows because you move past, like, trying to understand what's happening. Yeah. To, like, what did I not hear before? What's this really about? The way that I described this in my notes is, this song creeped up on me. Like, it, it, it snuck up Didn't on Didn't even know it was going to happen. It You're really, yeah, it really uh, came out of left field and said, you're going to like me, bitch. Oh, that's everything. Those are the best ones, too. Yeah. I mean, the last two tracks are Blue Interlude, where she literally just, like, ululates to... <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it's very, like, there's no words. It's just her, like, like, but good. But it's a reference to what? It's Chopin? It's, it's a classical piece, which I love her little touch of, yeah. like, I am into classical as well, because we love Chopin. I think it is. It is. Based on Chopin, Chopin Prelude in C minor. So, uh. like... Love that. Forever. Yeah. So she was like, "We're gonna take some classical. We're gonna give it a little update. We're gonna give it a little update. <laughs> gonna new, gonna slap some paint on that. She's gonna lightly lilt yeah. the soprano melody like yeah. throughout the whole thing. She's gonna shellac a new tune over uh, this. Shellac on me, girl. Like you are <laughs> shellac all over me. She's everything. Yeah. Final track on my way to you, which it's, it's a good ending. It's a good wrap up. Like I'm tired. My day's over. I finally figured out what I want, and you you're gonna love it. Yeah. Me. This song, it's different in the other ones that there's not a discernible thing where I'm, like, geeked over this one part. Yeah. It is just pretty throughout. It's yes. good. It's solid. It is... She's proving to you, like, you are a star. If I had changed a single day, what would I so I can do glamour, is what she said. Uh, she's, like, glittering. <laughs> yeah. Into, like, she's... Flying off into the moon. She's on the moon. She's sitting on it. (laughs) And then she sees her man with the same moon. Hold up, hold up. (laughs) In my head, I was saying that as in, like, she's sitting on, like, a cardboard moon (laughs) and it's pulling her away. But I think when I said it, you thought she's, like, sitting on the physical. (laughs) She's sitting on the moon, like, just on a rock, singing on my way to you. (laughs) Like, not going anywhere. Fully not going anywhere. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Oh, that felt good. That was a catharsis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, sweating right now. (laughs) 
I'm sweating. I'm in heat. I'm tired. I feel like I've just been on, like, like I'm deciding the murder or the fate of somebody for the rest of their life. Like, it just... Oh, it just gives me so much joy. Yeah. Like, I just love listening to good music that's full of silliness and magic. Yeah. I'm like, no one cares about this shit anymore. You know what I kept thinking about after the fact? What? Why is she not the person who's singing that song in American Tale? Do you know what song I'm talking about? I don't think so. Yes, you... Somewhere out <gasps> there... You look and see Linda Ronce. Okay, Wait, Linda... Hold everything! Hold everything! <laughs> I, I'm so sorry for saying that. For saying what? You'd rather I, have... Linda Ronstadt is stunning. I, Somewhere out Yeah, I, I, I rescind that. Okay. Linda. But she could do a good rendition. She maybe not... She may be not. She may be not. (laughs) Probably not better, but a different version. I think it would also, it would be, it would hold its own. Yes. In closing, (laughs) in closing, please listen to this album and then come back and listen to us rant about it because I feel like you will feel the same way and you will be inspired to love Miss Maureen McGovern just as much as we do because she deserves it because she is stunning and talented. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> About Maureen McGovern, oh the God. undiscovered gay icon. <laughs> this is why I'm gay! We've talked about Maureen McGovern. We've talked about all this music for way too long. Let's talk about... Let's talk about the star of the show oh today. Oh, my God. I thought... It's like, is that the star? Is this the star of the show? I don't I think, know anymore. I think they are... They are two different stars in the same night sky. <laughs> The night sky that Maureen's looking out of. Yeah, she's looking out of her bedroom window. Charlie's Angels in... Charlie's Angels 2000, (laughs) just up there. Okay, so we let it it slip. We're talking... We're talking the 2000 remake of Charlie's Angels. Yes. Yes. This this, is all you, Kelly. I want you to go for it So this was... This was my choice. Mm -hmm. Um... And it was my choice for a few reasons. We watched it together. I kind of just want your initial take on it. What you kind of got from it. Mm-hmm. What what stuck out to you. What delighted you. What disgust. Like, you know, it just... Yes. G- give it me. G- give me it. Get it to me. <laughs> I think that it was so fun. I love an action flick that's got a lot of humor in it and just a lot of lighthearted stuff. Yeah. And bad bitches in charge. Yeah. So it was just all around... Beautiful, like, I loved the costumes, they were fun, silly commentary throughout the whole thing, good cast. Yeah, that cast, in hindsight, is pretty impeccable. Oh, like, it's incredible. in the first shot, you get LL Cool J. <laughs> but it's not LL Cool J. It's Drew Barrymore. But it is LL Cool J, but then it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you mean bitch. Oh, there's so many things. Oh. To, I mean, okay, so, yeah, initial reactions, I mean... So fun. I enjoy it. I totally get why it's an important queer awakening for you. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. There were some, oh, there were some iffy parts that we'll get into we, later. We but... will get into it because I think it, it's definitely worth mentioning and um, prefacing if you've never seen Charlie's Angels. It was filmed in 2000. Yes. So I, as a kid, I think I had decidedly like boy interests, but I wanted a girl in it. 
Like, yes. whenever I played a video game, I was like, I want to be the girl, and she needs to have long hair. <laughs> Peach. Yeah, no, like, that was definitely me. I always had an interest in action and, like, action movies, but for a long time, I mean, I was born in 93, and then I think when I started watching action stuff, I was, you know, it was probably the late 90s, early 2000s. And that's when we started getting more, like, female-centered action movies. Yes. So Charlie's Angels was, like, the jumping-off point for me. Um, I didn't see it in theaters because I was probably eight or nine, which is, like, PG-13. Oof, no. And I remember going to a Hollywood video. A Hollywood – not Blockbuster. Hollywood video. Wow. And I picked up the VHS. And it – Still at nine? Yeah. Great. I picked up the VHS and it it was the most amazing box art. It has the three of them and it has like, there's always a lot of like flames on the Charlie's Angels yeah. uh, like cover, but it was accented with this like hot pink oh. and it was so, okay. So like not only was the VHS cover immaculate, but at Hollywood video, when you would get the, the VHS to take home, it didn't come in like an, like a homogenous, like blockbuster box where it just said like the name on the side. Right. This came with the VHS and it was like covered in this plastic sheath that had the original box art on it. Oh. And you got that to take home and you would squeeze the sides and the VHS would come out. It was, it was what? magic. At age nine, I was like, this is stunning. This like, is high class <laughs> yeah. entertainment. So, the box art drew me in. They really don't lie about marketing when they say, like, kids love bright colors. Because... And you just described two different things that brought you <clears throat> in simply from the cover. Yeah. That's so gay. <laughs> oh, my God. This is why you're gay. Okay. So the words that I used in my notes were, it was a delicious hot pink. <laughs> uh, it really was. Like a, like an actual fire, like, neon pink? Uh, mm, Should we reference the I, photo? I really want you to see it. Okay. I, I think it's... Oh, this fucking cover is everything. It's so good. Okay, um, so yes, and I okay. Let's talk about the three queens. We got Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore as Dylan. In her comeback from her notorious party girl phase in life, she's got her role that reinstated her as an actress, right? Yeah. So I knew that Drew Barrymore had a big hand in this movie, but it turns out that she was the one who probably made the most money off of this because she had, she had produced some of it partially. Like mm. she was in the credits for that. She also kind of like pitched the idea and she was the one who picked the director. Oh, So like she did a lot for this movie. And I think she actually rewrote a lot of the script in order to fit it like to something that she wanted. There was a woman who produced it with her. I can't remember her name, Nancy. Some, uh, but they worked on the, the, script together and then they originally wanted angelina jolie (laughs) in lucy lou's role and i was like uh so lucy lou wasn't well known at this point this was before kill bill yeah kill bill i think was 2003 ish something like that yeah i think right afterwards Honestly, Lucy Liu makes a big part of this movie for me. Oh, yeah. Like, she brings a, like, fierce intelligence to this movie. Like, the sense of, like, prim severity. I think you get three archetypes. You get Drew Barrymore as this kind of, like, uh, like... Girl next door. But kind of, like, punk rock badass vibe, who's, like, a little bit more tomboyish. Like, sexy, disheveled. Yeah. And then you get 
Cameron Diaz, who is like this, uh, she's ditzy and lovable, but like smart as a whip when it comes to like actual intellects and like book smarts. Charming. Yeah. Like she, big smile. She's also really fucking pretty in this movie. Like, uh, like she's just really amazing. Her Um, lips are always just like glossed for the gods and just her cute little bob. I would love to have counted all of the hair flips she had in this. Oh, endless flips. (laughs) Um, and then you have Lucy Liu, and she... Who is so stunning. Yeah. Her freckles are everything <laughs> on... I kept talking about yeah, freckles. Yeah, you were like, her freckles! <laughs> like, in Kim's yell. <laughs> oh my god, it just... I love her. You know, she's 51. 52 almost. Oh, shit. She's also an artist. She is an accomplished artist. What? And she makes a bunch of, like, queer art. Specific, is she queer? No, but specifically lesbian art. Like, l- no. So she's queer! Wait. I'm going to show it to you. I That's gotta... so offensive to me. Wait, she's in Chicago? Well, it's not all lesbian art, but, like, a lot of it's about women. Oh, my <laughs> God. In Geisha. <gasps> Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Even more attractive now! Yeah. Um, Lucy Lewis, the blonde, is also... Ugh, oh, wow. Oh, my God. I need a... Oh, <gasps> She she has That's um, not queer. It's not. <laughs> I think a lot of her art is erotic though yes. and it it references like historical I think it's called um Shunga woodblock paintings where it's oh. it's typically erotic it typically has like penetration or something like that. Yes. I don't know why I know all of this. But I'm obsessed that you know. <laughs> Wait, but I'm still I'm still shook to the fact that Lucy Liu was in Chicago. Was she? I thought you meant the place, not the... No, girl! The <laughs> musical! The musical. Like, was she in... She... Who's Kitty Baxter? Was she one of the, the seven? In that in the tango? I don't know. That's gay. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Lucy Liu in Chicago is gay. Something that I found out recently is that Lucy Liu was paid significantly less. Significantly less, because she was... Less well known, mm-hmm. and because she wasn't a white woman, like I. And they love to use all of that in the movie too. So I found the numbers um, from Full Throttle. Okay. Um, Cameron Diaz was paid twenty million for this. Twenty million dollars. Wow. Lucy Liu was paid four, four, four million. And people can argue like, well, it's a lot of money. Who cares? But it doesn't matter. Like, that's the level of how they're getting paid. They should be paid that the same. That is a lot more money. I I did want to, like, bring up that aspect because it's it's so stark. When you think about how Lucy Liu wasn't as well known, so I get paying her less in that sense just because it's like... But not that much less. That's, yeah. That's deliberate for yeah. other reasons. Because she killed it. Also, Lucy Liu has... So many excellent, like she's done so many excellent things since that movie too. So I, I don't know. It I found that stunning. But what I, I think what you can feel throughout this entire movie that I love is that like they all genuinely like each other. Yes. I thought about this movie because Drew Barrymore started her talk show recently, and they were the first two guests, and it was really sweet and charming, and like. Daytime talk shows are not usually that. Yeah. I appreciate that she actually didn't do horribly like Curly Corkson. We can't even get into that. It's too horrific (laughs) to even think about. Yeah. 
Drew Barrymore looked like she was on the verge of tears when talking to them and introducing them because it was just like they meant so much to her. And it was really nice. And please welcome to the stage my two sisters, <laughs> Lucy Lou and Cameron Diaz. You still oh, working on that impression? It's not, that's not 100% either. Still yeah. working. I mean, um, you... They were so... They did work really well together. I definitely felt like they were, honestly, those parts. They were working as a team. They were, like, basically sisterly yeah. characters. Well, the thing is, like, that movie, I think, was one of the first few... Was one of those first few, like, female-led action movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it treads this line where it's like you get... You get the female appeal of, like, women being together, and it passes the the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. But um, it does not... Shout out to the Bechdel cast. <laughs> it still has this kind of male gaze to it, because it's directed by a man. Like, right. it, there's, some, there's sexuality there that they're giving for the men to consume when they watch it. It's all there. But it's also kind of riding that wave of feminism where it was, you know... They're taking it back. Yeah, like, women are allowed to be sexy and own it, and, like, there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, I I think as a fag watching that, I was <laughs> so delighted when sure. any of them took off a helmet and shook their hair out, uh, or, like... And like, all three of them in that red, white, and blue jumpsuit from the <laughs> NASCAR scene, I was shook. Those outfits in 2000 were hot, and they are still... Hot. Drew Barrymore's titties were out. Yeah. I was so here for and that. And licking a steering wheel. I don't... Oh, so much... <laughs> and again, a lot of camp in this, you know? They're, yeah. they're kind of poking fun at funny action stunts and whatnot throughout it, but it, they're also not. They're, like, taking it on as their own as well. Yeah. It does take a lot more of, like, a comedic front in a lot of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of humor embedded in it. There's also a pretty substantial supporting male cast yeah like at least six or seven i mean there's also like they had bill murray in there which is yeah yeah bill murray they had the guy who originally played charlie in the tv series so like it's the same it's the The same same charlie yeah it's the same voice which i think is pretty impressive um that he's one still alive and two agreed to do the remake yeah 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 i didn't watch the original series which is kind of criminal but like I... Me neither. Well, I was also... It wasn't relevant to me as, like, a kid. Like, it just didn't... There's too many things happening when you were growing up to, like, go back to that. To be like, ah, yes, 1977, Charlie's Angels, my favorite. But if you, of course, grew up, then that's what everyone had. Her poster, and it was, like, Farrah Fawcett World. Yeah. Because she was very, like, very much it. Everyone had the Farrah Fawcett hair. I wanted to... Briefly talk about the speed of the movie. Okay. So, Great speed. <laughs> and we're done. Excellent. That's it. <laughs> done. Speed. Good. I think when I say speed, I mean, like, the pacing. Mm-hmm. That movie does not stop. And, like, you are you buy it. Yeah. Because there are certain movies that you watch that are just... They take too long for an exposition. And, like, at that point, you're like, I don't give a shit. Right. Like, the good stuff's for, like, a few minutes and it's over. Yeah. Or um, more shit. But this movie has, like, nonstop hits. It's a fun ride. Like, you think something's done, and then something else happens to it, and then something else happens, and you're so enthralled the whole time. And because of that speed, there is so much change in 
Glamour. Oh my gosh, so many great outfits. There's some good looks. And there's some not great looks. Yeah, there's some some choices that were made. Choices. Yeah. Choices. I find myself describing this movie as comfort food in a way, and mm. that it's it's just really easy to like just kind of follow along with it. It's not I don't know, I feel like I watch a lot of heavy movies that have hey, you know. I watch adult movies. Right. You, you're going to cry or you're going to be very moved. You're going to be very uncomfortable. They are profound, thematic. Uh, you got to think. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, just fun. It's. And I mentioned to you, we're probably going to talk about it at some point, but like, that's my sex in the city. Yeah. I watch it when I want to feel, again, calm because you know what's going to happen. Familiar. Everyone, everyone has that stuff, you know, and I don't have many because I'm someone that loves to continue watching new stuff and yeah. gain my library of volume, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's a few things I will go back, and that's definitely one. And this is that one for you. Yeah. Um, I hadn't watched it in a while. I think it used to be a movie that I watched on repeat a lot when I was, like, a, you know, 12 or 13. Um, when the other boys were watching. <laughs> yeah, when they were watching, I don't fucking... Wrestling? G.I. Joe. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Unable to even think of one thing as straight man yeah, did um, as a boy. Army man. Um, <laughs> so I think we should talk about how this kind of paved the way for a lot of other, like, female-led action fighting type movies that I personally fucking love. Okay, give me the list. Kill Bill. Oh, yeah. I watched that movie when I was in sixth grade on a TV that my mom let me rent that movie and... Lucy Liu screams a bunch of obscenities oh, after, she... after cutting that dude's head off. And I had to, like, turn down the TV really fast because I thought I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time! Oh, no, um, she is at her best bad bitch status in that movie. It's so... yeah. I think Kill Bill also ties into that weird phase of borrowing from eastern cultures in hollywood at that time orientalism was real yeah so i mean we see it in charlie's angels like Mm -hmm. uh at one point lucy lou is in a disguise as like a a masseuse for for tim curry (laughs) which again i'm like the cast tim curry as like a b character that hardly does anything really and then he yeah and then tim curry on the ground and killed him like yeah so there were there was that scene followed with some geisha looks while turning Japanese plays in the background. Right. The worst <laughs> for me, though, was Drew Barrymore in the next scene, I think. Yeah. The, she um, did, like, Indian-inspired outfits with brown face. Yeah. It was not... Inexcusable, but yeah. all we can do is be mad at it and enjoy the rest of it for what Well, it the was. thing is, like... We're looking at this 20 years later. Yeah. And not to say that that excuses it in any way. But most things before a certain point, there's always something, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, going back to watch some of the Austin Powers movies, for example, was a journey. And you kind of have to take those low blows and like, just because you, I think, consume something that has that within it. Like, looking at it with a modern lens of, like, 2020, it's... It's tough. And you also need to be able to be, like, discerning about it, Mm -hmm. I think. But, yeah, I I think those scenes kind of just make you uncomfortable now. Yeah. Versus 
the rest of the movie, which is by and by and large pretty fun. The the whole point of all of that was just showing like all the different ways they can show their disguises, like they can be. Yeah, anything. that was kind of like the montage within, like the bigger montage with all the smaller little vignettes. Yeah, we're like, yeah, they made they shouldn't have done that, but they did. But like the whole point was that they were like able to be any type of woman. Yeah. Because then they were, like, Swedish women, like, wearing <laughs> yeah. the cute little, like, Germanic... And, like, smacking each other's asses. It was just, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It It was just... Mm. We don't excuse it, but we have to separate the shit from, like, the good shit. Because it's important to you. It's it's not the end-all, be-all movie, but I was definitely surprised coming back to that because I did not remember it. Right? And that's the thing. You don't even remember half of that shit when you're young, obviously, because you didn't know any better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But let's go back to the positive. <laughs> We're like, well, this, we end up being like, well, this movie sucks. <laughs> but I think that's like, I think that's the good thing about this podcast is I think we can pick up something that we know we loved. Mm-hmm. And like, it's something that was a piece of your past that you were deeply attached to that like helped shape you in some way. And you get to look back at it however long later and say like does this stand up does this um do what i thought it did and i i'm looking forward to kind of doing that a little bit more because it's got i i'm really interested to see what you have and to see if we can crack it open that just made me think about what i want to do next and oh my god there's just there's just so many things because we both appreciate you know good film like powerful women Mm -hmm. you know gays and lesbians share that one thing they love a badass bitch. You know what I mean? And oh God, like this movie really did that. Like I loved watching just the fun, like ass kicking scenes. And oh, we haven't even talked about Kelly Lynch. (laughs) Talk about Kelly Lynch. Give it to me. This was honestly my favorite part of watching it because I had a connection that you didn't. And I got to tell you about it. She's the woman that comes in with this mission that's helping out Bill Murray, like, tell the girls what they need to do. She is, she hires them as, like, the private investigators. She comes in with this cute little, like, shaggy bang look, glossed for the gods in a sexy little pantsuit. Yeah. (laughs) Looking badass as hell. Also, the costumes throughout, like, when they're not in their disguises, like, they're the leather. There's so much leather. Lucy Liu is baking muffins in a corset. <laughs> Casual, like not doing anything. Yeah. That's like her off hours. Mm-hmm. But Kelly Lynch playing, what's her name? Vivian Wood. <laughs> As that guy spits it out when Cameron Diaz has her heel on his throat. Vivian Wood. <laughs> <laughs> She's played by Kelly Lynch, who also played. I had to, I, I was watching you this with you and I literally turned to you and said, you we have like, to stop right now. <laughs> Do you know who that is? I immediately clocked this bitch. Okay. Yeah. She played a drag king, Ivan, on the L word. You just making those connections. It was really... Ivan Adcock was the drag king name. And throughout <laughs> the series, they're like making him sort of maybe he's trans or something but they don't know like the language for that so they're like yeah because it was what 2000 again the same era yeah they should know better but they don't yeah like she wears like the goatee she's like i just is like how i like to to dress that that like (laughs) Like, you're you're trans probably well also there's like that distinction like i i feel like for a long time people didn't understand the distinction between like transness and drag drag as performance and like as a job because um, it can be both or neither or one or the other. There are still people 
I've talked to within the past few weeks that don't like that didn't understand the distinction because and they were like I'm too nervous to ask about this and I was like no we can talk about it <laughs> interesting I mean yeah and so they use that but the fact that I clocked her in full glamour yeah as the drag king from the L word like how gay is that the connection? foresight it was this is why I'm gay right <laughs> this is here. why I'm gay I can look at a woman's face and immediately know that <laughs> she was a drag king <laughs> On another show from the same era of television. At first, I couldn't find her name on the, the list, and I was like, oh, I was wrong. But then I saw it, and I was like, I fucking knew it. I was, so, I was like, yes! Oh, my God. So that immediately, like, drew me in. Every time she spoke and, like, wore her sexy leather outfits. Your girlfriends like, are dead. <laughs> she heard, oh, just everything. I was like, wow, this bitch can talk about versatility. Yeah, I can be a sexy woman and a sexy man. <laughs> fucking rest my case. God. But yeah, I don't know. I just enjoyed, I just enjoyed it all around with, especially knowing that it was special to you when you were young. Like that just, I totally get why. Yeah. I wanted to be all of them at the same time. Right. (laughs) You wanted to be like the badass part of Drew Barrymore, like the cute little like bubbly Cameron. And then you want to be like, I want to be sexy as fuck like Lucy Liu. Yeah. I love that shot of her in the beginning when she's being introduced and she's like on that horse, like doing like the horseback riding competition. The montage of like what they did before they became spies. The montages are excellent. And I'm here to tell you there's another one in full throttle. So get ready. And there's another special guest in full throttle that I'm excited to see. Miss Demi Moore. (laughs) From what I saw in the picture, a bikini and full length fur coat. Yes. Holding a gun. It's also criminal to say that I have not seen the 2019 Charlie's Angels with Kristen Stewart. That's something we can watch and talk about because think about it. Kristen Stewart? Yeah. As a Miss Angel. Who is it? Kristen Stewart? It's... Two girls I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember their names, which is bad, but I know Elizabeth Banks is in it. (laughs) I think she helped produce it probably. She wrote and produced it, which is... yes. I think when they were originally making the first one and the second one, they were going to make a third and fourth movie. Like, they were greenlit for it, and mm-hmm. then it just kind of didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I read that the 2019 movie is attached to the two previous movies and the original series. So, like... So, are they different women? Yeah, it's kind of like a system where, like, they're... Um, the allegory of, like, they are the Charlie's Angels of the time. Yeah, Honestly, and they... can always be the same angels. They rotate out. They also talk about that in the second one a lot like they talk about how like does Farrah Fawcett make a cameo no but a different angel does okay they did get somebody else this what maybe Farrah passed away but I don't know did she, she I don't know she did now <laughs> speaking of deaths really quickly it's crazy to think about all of the divas that we love that are in their 70s now oh it hurts we talked about this it's just it's scary it hurts is Maureen McGovern still alive she died in 2009. <gasps> no! Fair Fawcett. Oh. <laughs> Maureen McGovern's still alive. Okay. I was like, no, Maureen! But also, no, Farah. Yeah, she's 71. Dog, she is happy. And I love it. The pre and post nose job. Yeah, we didn't talk about the nose job. and I didn't feel like we needed to. I that. respect her decisions, choices, and uh, privacy. <laughs> Same nose, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> She's lost some weight. Yeah, in, in the nose. In the nose. <laughs> I love that this is your gonna be like. Ah! 
I had a good time talking about Charlie's Angels. I had a good time talking about Maureen McGovern. I'm going to smack it like one more time because smack, three is a good number. <laughs> smack me around. That's a wrap. They got me, gal. This is why I'm gay. Yeah.